0: Ladies and gentlemen, for your entertainment tonight, we have the one, the incredible, the Miss Bushwick, the Miss Eurovision, the one, the only, the indomitable Miss Gavina Mevius, straight to you live from upstate New York. Give her a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen.
1: And presenting tonight, clocking in at a wonderful 5'10", I guess, (laughs) Miss Laredo, who I'm happy to call the Tejano, who is my hermano. It is Louisa Rendon. Give her a round of applause. She's looking beautiful tonight. Hey, Louis. How are you doing?
0: I am doing so grand. I have to say that I'm very excited that it's
1: just the classic girls tonight. <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, we're speeding towards our 100th episode, and I think I think for our next four, I think it's just going to be us. So please enjoy the dulcet tones of yes. Louis Rendon and Gavin Mevius in your ears. Yes.
0: Um, I, I do have to say our last episode was such a banger. Um, oh my god! In, in no small part because we had an amazing guest in Tranna Wintour, who brought us the wonderful world of Madonna, <laughs> um, the wonderfully psychotic world of Madonna. And uh, it, it, I I mean, speechless, speechless. Like when sh- she reached out to us to like be on the show, was you know gushing about the show. I was like, oh my god, yeah. I'm I'm like, are we best friends? Yeah. <laughs> As like an actual
1: celebrity, like what? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, thank you, Trina. Thank you to um our listeners who who wrote it about the show. Um a friend um texted me, he's like, You and Trina have the same voice. It was a little confusing. <laughs> and I was like, Okay, work. Uh, love that for me. Hi, everyone. This is The Mixed Reviews.
1: We're a film podcast where we take a film subject, such as an actor, director, or a mini-genre, and we give you a full history, and then we break it down into things that we liked, and we break it into things that we don't like. Consider it, you know, like a a winner and a first (laughs) runner-up. Wow, and, but uh, in this case
0: though, if the winner cannot fulfill her duties, she does not get replaced by the loser.
1: <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Gavin,
0: do you have your your tape on?
1: Are oh, you tucked? I I am tucked. I'm I'm wearing my sash. I'm ready. Yes, I have my flowers. Oh, she's crowning, honey. <laughs> okay, I need to like powder my
0: face, powder my nose, um, get my breasticles in. Um, <laughs> Prepare for the question and answer portion of the evening. We had a question and answer portion for you all out there in the lovely audience uh, to vote on your favorite Madonna uh, movie. And the results are in. Dick Tracy came in in last place with 14%. Um, Avita, which was both Gavin and Trana's pick, came in at third place with 16%. Desperately Seeking Susan came in with, uh, uh, first runner-up with 25%. And my pick, A League of Their Own, 45%. Oh, what it feels to be like a winner! I'm <laughs> um, just imagine me prancing around the stage, crown, sash, scepter, um, and uh, what's a good Madonna song to like do this to? Like a prayer? Yes. Um, that sounds like fun. Cause, like,
1: cause truly, you winning this pageant, it is like a mystery.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, oh wow, Gavin! <laughs>
1: uh, the show is canceled. We're not making it
0: to hundred. I'm so sorry. <laughs> You know what? Diamonds are our girl's best friend, and I'm going to throw them at you.
1: But they hurt, and you don't like it. (laughs) Nothing can hurt me because, baby, I'm a material girl. Um. Wow. (laughs) Wow. We're getting off to a really great start. We we truly (laughs) are.
0: We don't know how to behave now that
1: it's just the two of us. (laughs) I've missed this, Louis. (laughs) I've I've missed this.
0: Uh, but uh, you, I, I gotta say, Gavin, you are also looking very ready for the pageant girl. The, oh, well, the hair it looks very correct tonight.
1: Well, that, this has been, this took some styling. This took, yes. let me tell you, I went through four different hairstyles. Mm-hmm. Before I gotta I say, settled Gavin, on this, this accent work is. Oh, I well, thank you.
0: <laughs> ver-
1: <laughs> My God. <laughs> Dumplin, is that you? <laughs> sure is. Um, uh,
0: I, that's what I've always said about Gavin. He's my little dumpling. <laughs> You're my, and and I would be what, well, I am Alyssa Edwards, actually. Yeah, I'm just that's, Alyssa that's Edwards. Actually,
1: that's actually very true.
0: <laughs> the Dancing Diva, of Texas.
1: Let's hear you do a tongue pop. Weirdly, I can only do tongue pops if I'm drinking. Oh, I can't do them at all. So just don't it's have like, the talent that she possesses. I take a
0: sip of my cocktail, and then, like, I'm magically given the ability to just, like, but like really good, you know? Mm,
1: I love this cocktail. I love this drink.
0: <laughs> I love this drink. <laughs> I am your Miss Mandarin. <laughs> Berry acai. Um, okay, we're being really silly billies right now. Uh, Gavin, what? Let, let's just like cut to the chase, babe. Like, what's, what is, what do we have on plan? What's the theme? What is so t- the, the category?
1: Today we're doing a mini-genre breakdown. We haven't done one in a while. Yes. We haven't done one since our Road Movies episode. And so we thought, mm-hmm. what could be more fun as we enter pageant season to do yes. an episode about pageant movies? I have to say that this idea
0: has been long been stewing because um our Mixed Reviews guest, Samantha Stallard, and our good friend, she told me, like eons ago like episode one she was like oh my god pageant movies like that'd be such a good episode and i was like oh my god you're so right and here we are in like episode 98 six seven 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 oh, what, literally <laughs> 90 now uh, um and well you are failing f- the interview portion <laughs> i know she didn't prepare she didn't prepare folks um uh, but my talent is sickening um but Sam, this is for you, babe. We finally did the work to to bring Page Pod uh, a la mixed reviews uh, to the listeners. So I'm really excited, Gavin. Do you remember what your first like uh, introduction to pageants in general was?
1: Well, my my mother has always really enjoyed the the like televised, the like Miss America, Miss USA. So I must have seen a bunch of them as a child. But uh, I've been upstate, home, and visiting my family, and I was talking to my sister Nicole, and she actually informed me that she was in a pageant when she was three years old. That oh my, mo- my god! Yeah, my mother put her in a pageant. She did not win. She does not have any memories of it other than sleeping across three chairs, and <laughs> um, she was
0: wasted. Okay, she was yeah. wasted. Fine. Well,
1: she you know you can only have so much go-go juice before you're down for the count. Uh, Hello, sugar crash but she also did do the and I'm not trying to tell tales out of school I don't want to tell her story but she did the junior miss pageant uh, when she was a junior in high school which is actually a scholarship pageant I know everybody says they're about scholarships but this this one was in fact and the only defining memory I really have of that and I asked her I was like how many girls was it she's like 30 and I was like and how many times did we hear on my own During the talent portion, and she said at least five, and one of the girls that sang on my own won. So well, it's it's a popular song.
0: There's a reason (laughs) they they were like, "We know the formula, babe. We're gonna win, hun." (laughs) Um, I there was a while when I was in high school that the Miss Texas pageant was held in Laredo, um, and I remember going to it once i believe at least miss teen texas one of those things so i've seen one laugh uh (laughs) the girlies looked amazing um a cousin of mine is dating the current miss laredo i
1: think uh so you're she's like adjacent to royalty is what you're saying i'm Basically, Mr. Laredo. Yeah, you're like um, the Duke of Laredo. Is that <laughs> right? Right. Of <laughs> uh, I've
0: absconded the throne. Um, but yeah, like, I guess similar to you, like I, there was a time I would say in the like '80s realm of the world where just like when it was on TV, it yeah. was so magical, mystical, like ethere- Everyone was beautiful. Everyone was talented. It was like...
1: I I wonder, too, if it was the fact that, and, and for the kids in the audience, for those who are not aged gentlemen that we are, uh, <laughs> there only used to be three channels. So Right. And right. so, like, when you put a pageant on, like, NBC, CBS, ABC, that's wiping out one-third of your, your television choices for the night. And so you watched.
0: Yeah. And it was, like, seeing these women with, like, enormous hair the the most you know like classically beautiful bodies but then they were also just like i want to be a doctor one day and i'm helping out the youth and x like it was insanity and then the talent portion i was like are you telling me these bitches have it all what (laughs) it was insane and even to even think like the the logistics of like oh my god yeah they had to win miss san antonio to get to miss texas then to go to nationals where she is now competing again like it was basically gay uh baseball you know like trading <laughs> cards like this is pokemon you know like it's it's these women are collectibles which i which i guess gets into when we're going to get into it in our rewind controversies yes absolutely uh, and and maybe why pageants aren't so great. But maybe why they're also good. Who knows? We are but two men who happen to enjoy <laughs> a good page. Absolutely. Uh, and a good page movie. So with that being said, Gavin, why don't we head over to the Rewind? Pageants. I was like, where where shall I begin? And I thought... Um, well, like, when was the first pageant ever held? Turns out, guys, pageants have been around forever. Literally way back, way back, throwing it to ancient Greece. In 1194, we can point to the Judgment of Paris, when literally uh, Hera, Aphrodite, and Athena in Greek mythology were, like, basically fighting over who's the hottest. And they... Basically snatched up uh, Paris, who was this little goat herder, and they were like, hi, yeah, who's the hottest? We're like, almighty goddesses, (laughs) pick one. (laughs) And he was like, okay, this sounds really sus. (laughs) Um, They basically all tried to bribe him, and in the end, he chose Aphrodite in exchange for Helen of Troy, and whoopsie doopsie, he started the um, Trojan War.
1: Just a a Uh, little thing. (laughs) Yeah, just a little thing. So Oh, by the way, that's all accurate history. That is 100% yes. what happened. Just That's real. <laughs> um
0: I was going to say though, so two things, like um clearly like a man wrote this. Like this
1: is a man <laughs>
0: writing like this ancient You history. can say his and,
1: you can say his name, it's Homer.
0: Going ahead a little time a uh, uh, a bit in history um Ancient festivals in Europe known as uh, May Day, the May Day festivals. Um, And we're talking about like Midsommar shit, okay? We're talking about the Maypole. We're talking about the May Queen. These were like contests where uh, to celebrate the beginning of summer, the arrival of summer. This is stuff that still happens today uh, across Europe and other British commonwealths. I think the oldest one literally is in British Columbia in Canada. It's been going on for over a 100 years. And these like queens uh, kind of do what all... Small local beauty pageant queens do they ride in parades they walk around looking cute they're crowned with flowers that's cute it's basically uh, what I do
1: every day it's yes, the, it's my yes. daily existence I just mm-hmm. can't I can't step outside without somebody wanting to put a crown of flowers on my head and ask me to parade <laughs> around it's yes uh, Brooklyn I,
0: I, I, oh God Brooklyn is so full of paraders. <laughs> Uh in the 1850s. Uh, P.T. Barnum held the first, uh, pageant in the United States. Um, that's correct. The P.T. Barnum of, uh, circus fame. When he wasn't busy exploiting his workers, he was busy exploiting women. Right. He said, how can I exploit anybody for money? What's going on there? Let's talk about that. He basically was like, pay 10 cents and you can come inside this circus and, like, judge women. (laughs) Um... Except because it was the Victorian era, quote unquote, respectable women were like, ill, no, we're not going to fucking participate in this. So it was hard for him to actually get participants in his pageants. Getting into the 1900s, though, picture contests became a way for respectable girls to enter a beauty pageants. And so there were, cities would have like thousands and thousands of women. I mean, so like all, the, all of this to get to selfies have always been fucking cool. Take that (laughs) motherfucking selfie if you want, okay? It wasn't until the early 10th century that uh, beach resorts uh, began holding beauty pageants as entertainment for, you know, the growing middle class. This happened in the U.S., but it also happened in England. You know, it's like you're in Atlantic City and, you know, you want to have a fun summertime. And they basically had like callers being like, oh, you're a hot pretty girl, come. (laughs) And by this time, uh, it was more acceptable for women to be literally judged on how beautiful they were and uh, quote their charm. The first Miss America pageant was held in 1921. Um, It was in Atlantic city. And this is the beginning of the modern pageant, all pageants that we think of today from, you know, those old school ones in the twenties and thirties to literally like, you know, the ballroom scene. Now they're all emulating some style of format that encapsulates that whole very American uh, Southern tradition of just like women being put on display for uh, beauty, athleticism, uh, charm, et cetera, et cetera. Because of newsreels, and this is where we're like Hollywood gets involved, these contests are blasted around the world. Hollywood films and newsreels spread the ideas to different countries, and by the fifties, there were lots of beauty contests around the world. Um, especially as uh, you know, nationalism was rising. Uh, a lot of old colonies were falling apart, or you know, the British were getting the fuck out, and so you know, the idea of these beauty pageants really became this global uh, thing. In the 1970s, the women's liberation movement, they really were protesting. They wanted more rights for women. They wanted, they thought looking at the pageant was like, you know, we're being judged for what we look like and that's fucking bullshit. Um, And it's because of them really that exploded um, pageants all over the world uh, on the map, bad press <laughs> is still press. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when the pageants, even though there was this backlash, you know, bubbling from the women's liberation movement, it's because of them in a certain sense that like, they were able to be like, oh, now we have an enemy. Now we have someone to fight against. Um, and absolutely, literally in 1970 at Miss World, the women's liberation movement protested there they threw like shit on stage um this is all redone in a 2020 movie called uh, misbehavior like at the end of the movie they're like oh look at all these newspapers that are covering us amazing yeah and that's just like a fact you know and and it wasn't just like oh this one little you know uh local event it was (laughs) mr international mr worldwide you know like it was these women from around the world. Uh, this is also around the same time there was a pageant contestant in Miss USA who was like, I am not wearing um, a bathing suit in public. And she said, honeys, I'm out of here. And she said, I'm going to start my own foundation and my own page." And she sure the fuck did. So she started Miss USA and then later uh, Miss Universe to... Compete with Miss World. And that's just kind of like a a, a primer on pageants. <laughs> Obviously, like th- as time you know, in the 70s, there are just so many remixes of, you know, taking the culture of pageants. Obviously, in the 80s, 90s, you get ballroom um, where drag and queer people are emulating these royal, beautiful um, women and want to be like them, you know?
1: Can I uh, talk real quick just about the big four international pageants? There are Please. many, many pageants, beauty pageants, scholarship pageants that occur across the globe, but the big four are the ones that everybody seems to most you know, want to compete in. Um, The first one being Miss World, which was founded in 1951 in London, England. And that followed one year later by Miss Universe, which was founded in New York City in 1952. Miss International in 1960, which was founded in Tokyo. And 2001's Miss Earth, which was founded in Quezon City in the Philippines. And what's interesting about these is you can sort of chart the changing tastes of society based on what, you know, what they do. And there's each international pageant actually has their own bikini regulation. In 2015, Miss World uh, dropped the beach fashion segment. So there is no swimsuit category for them. Miss Universe, from the year it was founded, 1952, bikinis were banned. And then in 1997, allowed women to wear bikinis. In 64, Miss International made bikinis mandatory oh good and then in 2017 miss earth pageant uh changed their bathing suit category into the beauty of form and figure in which mm. they hide the faces of their contestants so the Stop. judges will focus only on the bodies yeah and so it's well it, yeah
0: <laughs> well <laughs> i don't i i, <laughs> I
1: you i object, your honor.
0: Is that I where object your honor my my uh i would say what is there an opposite where like my body is covered it's yeah, just my it's face it's just my face yeah that's I, my money I'm maker my, yeah my <laughs> face is banging the rest suspicious i don't know gavin like it, it feels like I grew up in the South. Um, we had a pageant. I mean, you talked about the pageant your sister was in. I definitely grew up in a town where there was lots of pageants. The Mrs. We had a um, Miss Pocahontas pageant, um, which is very oh. bizarre because um, not really known for Native Americans in yeah, Laredo. That sounds um, très
1: problematique.
0: And that was created in response to the Miss Martha Washington pageant,
1: ah. uh,
0: which... Uh, was for the rich people, and Miss Pocahontas was like also rich people, but like I guess not old money, whatever.
1: Um, <laughs> I've I've heard of the Miss Martha Washington pageant, so that it that is also trade problématique.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, there's a documentary, I believe, on PBS. Yes. Um, it's called Los Marthas, I believe. Yeah. Um, so I mean, which I guess is like kind of a good like segue into. Uh, Hollywood and mainstream media's obsession with uh, pageants and and putting them on display for us to consume them. Um, the earliest movie that I watched was something that you recommended, um, the Beauty Jungle in 1964. Kooky bookie movie, <laughs> kind of to what you're you were saying. Like as you move through time, watching these movies, you see the changes in culture and like how. The the problems that are faced, uh, both like culturally, morally, um, with these movies, and this movie, literally, there's a guy who just like snatches. Oh, he's a journalist, which is so fun. Um, <laughs> he just like snatches a woman off of like a boardwalk and is like, "Fuck your fiance, fuck your job. I think you're the most gorgeous creature on the planet." And I want you to win money for me by competing in pageants. And she's like, don't make me sing. Don't make me sing. <laughs> Literally, while I was watching this movie, all I could think in my head was gaslighter, <laughs> denier. Because he's like, don't you see that I wa- I only want you if you want me? And she's like, well, I said you can fuck me, whatever. And he's like, yeah. no, that's not how it goes. I'm like, you are a sad boy. <laughs> It's just so bizarre to think a lot of these contests are, like, run by men. Um, th- these movies clearly are made by men. And yeah, so it's, it's very just, like...
1: it. It is, it is almost a bit back and forth because, as you're saying, you know, most of these... Behind the scenes are are male driven, and yet most of these films are about the problems of men being evolved. The earliest pageant film I uh, heard of, but I, I could not find because it's considered a lost film, is the American Venus from nineteen twenty six, which is a silent comedy. Um, and unfortunately, like I said, I couldn't find it, but I did find a 1930s, um, early sound film called Miss Europe, also known as, uh, Beauty Prize, um, Mm. which starred Louise Brooks, who's very famous, um, a very famous silent film actress. This was actually one of the first films they made with her for sound. However, she's dubbed throughout the entire thing, but, (laughs) but it, but it is a movie where like she... Enters a beauty world and her boyfriend doesn't want her to, and eventually she becomes a movie star and he kills her. So it is so it is a lot about the problems of of men with you know what happens when they when they see this both liberation but also sexualization of the of the female body right. and right. how it can drive them to become horrible monsters.
0: Right. It's it's um uh really because even in this like you know in the beauty jungle she gets her photo taken with her bathing suit it's, it's a two-piece yeah and fucking everyone loses it you oh yeah know, her father
1: luck. throws her out disgusting degrading
0: i wouldn't go that far Ed. well i
1: would this kind of thing finish up
0: nobody else thought it was different.
1: don't you tell me what people thought i know what i thought at the office all day snickers dirty remarks
0: Did he dig a hole in the sand or were you up on
1: something? Go to your room, Elaine. This isn't suitable for your ears. You always look on the black side of things, Ed. Because I know this world, that's why. I know the filthy things that go on. It's just a picture, Dad. Just a picture. Just a picture. That's how it all starts. Dirty pictures. Girls showing everything they've got. Oh, Ed. Well, I'm not having it in my family. I'm not having this kind of thing in my house.
0: And her, like, fiance is like, I don't wish to talk about it. And she's like, well, I look stunning. I live, laugh, love. I don't give a fuck. Um, unfortunately, like the movie, you know, it, it it's, it's hardly progressive, I would say.
1: Oh, um, very much. Very much not. But I do think, I think for its time, it was probably much more progressive. I mean, I don't know if it thought itself as as it was. But I think there's enough subversiveness in it. I think that, I mean... It's so funny, that ending is such a downer, and I won't spoil it. Such a downer. I won't spoil the ending for anybody, because I do think it's actually worth your time to seek out Beauty Jungle from 1960, but uh, I think that ending can be read in a way about how- uh, I mean, clearly that this film feels that these pageants are destructive, and and there's (laughs) not a lot of redeeming quality, which is funny, because- We will talk about other films that are much more positive on them.
0: Yeah, it's funny. It's because like it's almost as if like you know, like every everyone you talk to is like, not everyone, but every time you listen to a story or or hear someone, it's like, oh, they're bad for women. These are bad for women, and it's either like, well, they're parading themselves around, and that's immoral, and it's objectifying them, Um, and so like you can almost have a progressive argument against them whereas like you know they're being judged for beauty and you can have a conservative argument against them of being like these women are showing themselves off and and it's all about vanity and it's like you know and so there's two sides of like the bad argument where like they should go away and then there's also uh on the same flip of it like a conservative and progressive argument for why they're good you know it's like women should do whatever they want and like you know like they're these are smart women they are educated and like leaders in their communities pop off and then for you know the conservative argument it's like well this is tradition this is you know uh something about our family legacy pride uh pride in your family pride in your country et cetera, et cetera. next up i i saw um the queen in 1960 oh, well we have already seen the queen yeah we've in talked about the queen
1: a lot on this show a lot. But it It's iconic. Like t- uh, yeah, very much so. And it is totally worth your while because, I mean, we even had a, a Netflix watch party where we invited a bunch of uh, fans of the yes. show to come watch it with us. And I, that's like a precious it was memory so fun. to me. Um, yeah, so fun. But, uh, you know, the, the the thing about The Queen is, is it really broke boundaries by uh, not only introducing you to homosexual men and the subculture of drag at a time in which they could be jailed for such a thing, but it did it in, it, it's such a personal way. Cause it's, cause it's very clear at points that this was. Rigor Morris. Yeah. Rigor Morris. The, the, the pageant wasn't exactly fair. And, uh, but at the same time, it, it really lends itself uh, to this pantheon of pageant films because it shows what sort of happens when, when you get to that side of it, when you get to the, like, what is this pageant actually about? And, and what is the, the end goal?
0: What I love, I think the most, as I was watching these movies, it's, I was just thinking about, you know, everyone takes it so seriously. This is something that, you know, for the people who are in it, they are in it, you know, and it's like, win or lose They want to do their best. They want to look their best. They want, you know, especially and maybe not especially, but I guess for our kind of narrow view on American um, uh, pageants, it's about, you know, putting yourself out there, putting your best self out there and the seriousness within like which these gay men who have traveled from far and wide to come do this like silly pageant that is like run on, you know, some tape and a prayer. But it's like, but it is serious. And they're going to learn the choreo. They're going to make sure the hair looks right. And it's like, no matter
1: what. I feel awfully sorry for the judges tonight. It's a hell of a responsibility having to pick out just one queen out of all of these brilliant contestants.
0: And that's like, just throughout the entire um, watch, I was like, this is truly like, the tension is always like, there's the one person who like doesn't care is like, mom, this is dumb. Why don't you care? Like, why, why? And it's that tension of like, why could someone be so um, involved, so invested in this? Um, And I love that question. And I love like trying to noodle that answer and the way that these movies try to answer that. Um, I have to mention. So after the queen, um, that was 1968 in 1970 was, was when that big brouhaha happened at the Miss world pageant um that was international news um the first uh black miss world was crowned uh it was controversial for many reasons <laughs> um some say it was rigor morris as well uh but i i mentioned that again because in 1973 we get the great american beauty contest um which gavin you sent me um, yes and and i bring it up because that movie is specifically about those fucking women libbers out there who <laughs> are going to like, who are saying bad shit about contests. And so like, this is literally Hollywood taking cues from what was happening in the real world. Um, and was this a, a TV movie? I couldn't figure that out. It,
1: it was in fact a TV movie. And and I know that we mostly stick to big screen cinema here, but uh, with a subject like this, as much fun as it is, uh, there have been so many TV 20. movies. Yeah. And I think the, what's fascinating about the Great American Beauty Prize is it, like, it, in, a, in a way, it's almost like watching The Rigor Morris of the Queen, where you're watching a film pretend to be even-handed, be like, right. no, we're going to show you the ins and outs. But it's very clearly has a, bu- a viewpoint, a very specific viewpoint. And not just that, it's produced by Aaron Spelling. Mm -hmm. and aaron spelling was the gayest straight man ever (laughs) so it is it is high camp it is drama 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 at all times absolutely young farrah fawcett it's yeah oh my god yes yes joe punch just what'd you say to these people just the truth darling darling they hardly know each other we what we just went to the same school and come from the same state. Well, You're a damn lie, TL. I got into you. And you? I'm Silence. Miss yes. Dawson. On oh. the Bible. I swear on the Bible that I'm not married. And may my mother oh, be Oh, that's stra- enough, dear. Now, gentlemen, I'm sure you won't hurt this girl's chances by publicizing this lie.
0: And it's also very, like... The hot Italian judge is like, that one. That is the one I will fuck and make win. And it's like, oh no, scandal. Um, it's, I you know, for like campy drama nonsense, like I was really kind of into it until the end. Um, the ending really is like, nope, just kidding. Pageants are really important. And we're not fucking around with this. Yeah. And don't you dare women libbers fucking try anything
1: yeah it's it's a very comical especially when you look at it in uh through the lens of 2021 it ends up being a very comical ending uh that right. i was i was quite surprised by Um uh, so i'll give them credit for for me not knowing where it was going even though i expected it as much
0: right i was like oh they're gonna be like fun and subversive and then like last minute nope nope okay, nope, nope, okay nope. never mind
1: can't do that uh, sunday night on abc
0: <laughs> no 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 in 1975, we get a very, very great film um, known as Smile, um, which <laughs> I, I I don't know, Gavin, like you also sent me this. And I was like, oh, my God, this is really excellent um, A behind the scenes, kind of like just dive into these kooky booky little town pageants. And I think th- they're just like competing for like. What are the what are they called? Like men who get together legionnaires? Club yeah, they're or they're shit?
1: like they're basically like a like a Shriner's Club or that yes, sort of situation. Yes. Um But yeah, this is a Michael Ritchie film. We've we've talked a little bit about him before because he also did the candidate, the Robert Redford film. Um this is a very and I there should be like a bell every time I bring up Robert Altman, it's a very Robert Altman-esque movie where there's a lot of disparate focus there yep. you know you follow a lot of the girls as they're entering the pageant including a very young Melanie Griffith um mm. and uh, the, Annette O'Toole's in the movie and you're also following she's
0: so good oh she's my god so she's, good
1: she is it's stupid how good she is in this movie. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And now she's, like, on what fucking Virgin River on Netflix? I love you, Neto Tool. Get away from that. Uh, but um, <laughs> <Run>! <laughs> but uh, uh, we know that's not California. That is clearly Canada. <laughs> um, clearly Canadian. Anyways, uh, then you're you're also focusing on the people who run the pageant, including the head of the pageant who is played by... Bruce Dern, who's really amazing in the film, and yeah, it's sort of this lost gem. And honestly, like, it's certainly not all PC. There's no. actually some of the stuff made me feel really uncomfortable. Uh, I felt really bad. There's a Mexican American contestant in it, and she ends up being the butt of a lot of jokes. But I also think that the the film. M- portrays her in such a ridiculous way that it almost feels like the audience is sort of expected to also laugh at her and i and that made me uncomfortable because i was like well what are you trying to say here are you trying to get us to to side with the people who don't like her or right
0: it's almost like oh she's so the whole thing she's so earnest yes she's so just like and she has like you know I feel like I can get away with this by saying she has a ridiculous accent in this movie. Yeah, it's like they poured on extra hard. She's like, "Hola, I am Miss Santa Clarita," and it's it's a it's it's border. She's on the borderline. Um, <laughs> I will say at least they didn't hire like a white actress to do it. Yes. Um, I as I was watching, it gave me a lot of American Pie vibes. It's yeah. just you know like. There's, like, the little brother who, like, is trying to take pictures of the girls while they dress. There's, like, the girls who, like, really care. There's the girls who don't fucking care. Um, they have, like, really silly talents. Like, one is literally packing. Um,
1: <laughs> it's it's a very clear predecessor to another film, which I'm sure we will talk about later. But it definitely feels like the, the mother of Drop Dead Gorgeous.
0: Yeah, yeah. It feels like the mother of, like, satirizing um and kind of poking fun at this very silly thing but what i like is in the end like you know the girls kind of like all the winners and losers all the like you know contestants are just like it's for this little speck of california you know and this little speck of community and it's like what this town has to hold on to you know yeah it's what so let them have fun,
1: guys. It, it's it's so serious and so part of their life. I mean, one of my favorite scenes in it, uh, Bruce Stern's character recites, like essentially part of the the code of the pageant. Andy, it's very simple. All it takes is a drop more perseverance, a drop more optimism, and a drop more energy. Simple.
0: Hey, hey, wait a
1: minute! I've heard that before. What right before? That drip drop crap. Brenda read that to me. That's right out of the Young American <laughs> Miss program. The good philosophy is good philosophy, and I don't happen to be a snob about where I get it from. His friend's like, oh, you're you're the pageant queen. Like, you yeah, are, you're a pageant queen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're
0: her. <laughs> like, and he's like, what? No, me. <laughs> Which... There's a nice segue into the next movie I watched. And Gavin, please fill in if you have any others you want to mention. But to another movie that we have talked about uh, was my pick for our Alfred Woodard episode, uh, Miss Firecracker um, in 1989. And again, another movie about like a speck of dirt on this planet having a beauty pageant contest. And it is so important not only to the community, but to, uh, you know, Holly Hunter's character and I, I love this movie. Like this this movie to me is like damn near perfect. Uh, Holly Hunter is amazing. Alfred Woodard's is amazing. Um, I, I I read the play and uh, while I was in college, it's just about wanting to remake yourself and see yourself as something more. I think a lot of pageant movies I I saw throughout this also is very much the story of a girl wanting to get out. What's the ticket out of? nowheresville America it's like if you're beautiful enough smart enough talented enough that's the ticket I'm going to be on TV one day people will clap for me I I am more than this little hill on this earth and I love that that idea
1: and that's certainly one of the things I also really love about Miss Firecracker too is it's rare that you follow the character in these pageant films that is told she's not good enough and not yeah. pretty enough because, e- I mean, I guess I guess you could argue that point. I guess if you're talking about like miscongeniality, it's like oh, she could never be a beauty queen, but she's also Sandra Bullock, yeah. And, and so, it, it, so <laughs> having somebody like Holly Hunter who is genuinely beautiful but looks like a like she's a just,
0: she's small, she's not tall, yeah. she doesn't have like a. But also, what I love about Miss Firecracker also is she's trying to remake herself because she. And it's like in the subtext was kind of a slut people talked about. She was immoral. People talked about her in ways that were not befitting of a woman of the South, a respectable woman. And she says, I'm not going to be Miss little hot tamale anymore. I'm going to be like my cousin played by the excellent Mary steam virgin. Oh my God. So good. So fucking good. And, 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 I mean, this movie, God, like towards the end, I mean, so spoiler alert, uh, she does not win Miss Firecracker, but, and she has to stand at the back of the parade and the cousin's like, no, don't, you don't have to do this. You don't have to go through this. And she's like, no, this is what happens. If you lose the pageant, you stand in the back and I'm going to do that. And it's again, what I love about a lot of these movies, it's like the winners who win with grace and the losers who lose with grace and, you know life is a pageant and you don't win all the time and you like stick it out and you like have dignity. And I think there's so much dignity in this movie for all of its characters that I just love so much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. Uh, Miss firecracker is a, is a brilliant, brilliant film. And, you know, like you said, we watched it for Alfred Woodard and we'd be remiss if we yes. didn't mention that her character, even though she ends up having very little to do with the pageant her, uh, herself, She's a great, great character.
0: She's her um, helper. She sews all her
1: costumes. Um, Papa. I'd be remiss if I didn't skip back to um, Britain in 1973. This is sort of the real dregs of this uh, genre. Uh, The 25th films of the 31 Carry On series um, is called Carry On Girls. And it is a a film in which um, there is a beauty pageant and because of that, you can make a lot of Uermis jo- jokes and a lot of like double entendres and a lot of uh, there's a man in a dress at one point. And no. And, yeah. And so there is um there is occasionally an attempt to do comedic pageant films that just fully fucking fall flat on their face because they come from a misogynistic sexist realm and imagine and i will say like there were points i laughed at carry on girls there were many but but i did but but know that it's out there and know that there's 31 carry on films and they're all of a similar vein so and this is number 25 i don't want you to take part in this Darling, I'm enjoying it. And I might even win. I can't help that. I can't stand the thought of all those people out there leering at you and mentally undressing you. (laughs) They won't have to strain their mentality much in this outfit. You're not going out there in that. Why don't you think it's suitable? Suitable? You're showing your button. My what? Your button, that. Oh,
0: is that bad? If you see one, you've seen them all. I also saw uh, No Contest, which in 1995, the genre of pageant movies really just like runs the gamut yeah but i think no contest was the first one that i saw that like was really gonna be like okay what about pageants but like extreme pageants (laughs) bitches blowing up everywhere andrew dice clay gambling it's it, it uh it, it imagine the most 1995 thing ever like a mortal it's mortal combat mortal combat yes. but make it pageants um uh, uh,
1: well what it what it really is what it fully is is it's die hard it is yes. a a pageant queen trapped in a building with a bunch of terrorists and there's a policeman outside who's trying to help her get around the building to take down the terrorists the thing that i think is the most funny about this just to give you kind of the idea of what sort of society we're in the shannon tweed plays the main woman in it who has to do all the action and take down the bad guys right her face is not on the poster of the movie Robert Davi and Andrew Dice Clay's faces are on it. Her name is on the poster. But the the main bad guy and her police assistant are on the cover of the film. And that's because when you make a movie like this, the thought process is no man is going to go see a movie with a female lead and women aren't interested in action movies, which is so wrong and so backwards and so bonkers and i uh, so bonkers and i know bonkers bonkers it's so bonkers and i know this was 95 but that's also what 26 years ago that's not that yeah. far away yeah uh
0: i uh, i will say that it is fun to watch um cuz graphics uh they <laughs> yeah, really said ending. we they say we have graphics. Someone get me the graphics. A lot of um girls running around and bl- literally blowing up and like they they the the filmmakers really said, Okay, I want a mannequin on fire and we're gonna throw it out of this building. <laughs> and that is filmmaking.
1: Yeah. Uh you know, sadly, that mannequin won Miss Congeniality that year. Yeah, yeah. That was her. Uh
0: also in '95 though, we get Tuang Fu, uh, which is just again another movie we've talked about before in our Dragon film episode oh we also talked about
1: it on on road road movies like two wong fu has it all does it have drag queens does it have pageants does it have cars (laughs) we got it all the answer is
0: yes uh so we won't talk about it too much especially you know the the movie kicks off with a pageant um with a tie (laughs) and then it ends in a pageant uh and so the, the bulk of it is not about a pageant, but um, def- the framing. And we get RuPaul um, as, what's her like very racially charged name? Rachel Tensions. There you go.
1: And the winner is... We have a tie! Oh my god. What does you mean tie? And the winners are... Miss Noxima Jackson and Miss Vina <laughs> Work the runway, work
0: it. Okay, this is, I think, a good stopping point because I think it's very important that our listeners know we're, it's 1995. We're living, we're laughing for Tuong Fu. Pageants are so fun, guys. And then in 1996, a very, like, one of the biggest stories in American history relating to pageants happens. And that, my friends, is the death of John Bene Ramsey. Uh, this story fucking shake, rattle, and rolled us. It's still to this day, is, you know, everyone knows the story. Uh, she was a small pageant gal. Literally, if you think of a little pageant toddler in tiaras, you are thinking of John Bonet Ramsey. That face, that crown, that hair. Um, and she mysteriously died. And to this day, it's an unsolved mystery. Uh, we were enraptured by the story.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, even even to this day, there was a great film that came out two or three years ago called Casting Jean Benet, uh, which mm-hmm. falls into this pageant category and I highly recommend it. It was like my second favorite film of the year. It came out. It's so worth your time, but it is, it's essentially about the fascination that we yep. got with this unsolved mystery.
0: Um, I bring that up because well one it is further fueling the fascination with pageants um i think you know when you look at a lot of the movies after uh john bonnet's death it is definitely being uh kind of like smile before taking a more like closer investigation of like how ridiculous this all is like this is ridiculous uh and i mean I don't want to skip over we'll get to these the movies but it's it's just I think what shocked people was like looking at this tiny little girl realizing that this like subgenre uh of society existed this was a child like a 5 year old 7 year old dressed up like a 45 year old and it's almost that idea like you're making young kids act like adults and now yeah. There are adult problems that are following. Um,
1: And and I think what ended up happening with this is I I believe people were aware of childhood pageants. So it wasn't like a big mystery to most people. But I don't think they realized the culture it had created amongst itself. Correct. The obsessive parents, the obsessive fans, and the the over-sexualization of children. Uh, And the money involved, frankly. Yeah. Being in a pageant is expensive.
0: Uh, And... With money always comes problems, which I mean, (laughs) this is a bad segue, but in 1997, the Lifetime original, Crowned and Dangerous, is um, (laughs) released. uh, That is both a
1: bad uh, segue and also the perfect segue that movie deserves. Yeah.
0: Yes, correct. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I got through half of it and I said, I need to move the fuck on.
1: Uh, (laughs) What does it say about me that I watched the whole thing? Anyways. Yeah, Gavin, who did... can can I guess who did it in the end? Yeah, go ahead.
0: Um, it's too easy to be the mom. I don't think it was the mom. I think it was Georgie's.
1: And no, it was it was Yasmin Belief, and she like blamed it on her mom. But then her mom oh. like turned around and like and was like her pro, to, yeah, got her to confess. You know, so from out of the ashes always comes good. We can all grow and learn from what's happened here.
0: And I'm sure that all our lives have been affected by this travesty in one way or another. But I will not let this alter my responsibility in representing my state as Miss All-Star California. 1999, we get dropped It Gorgeous. Um, Which to me also feels just like such a reaction to the Jean Bonet of it all. Like going to these places, looking at these these country fried folks um, who are truly just like wanting to get out, wanting to break from, you know, the shackles of small town. Drop Dead Gorgeous, I have to say, came up very briefly in our Kristen Dunst episode, all all the way back in episode one. um, My good friend Shaddy, after listening to that first episode, he said, you guys did Drop Dead Gorgeous dirty. (laughs) He said, how dare you disrespect Drop Dead Gorgeous? Well, I'm here to tell you, babe, Drop to Gorgeous is getting her redemption story. This is her all stars. Uh because <laughs> Drop to Gorgeous is so fucking good. Uh it's it's unreal how good this movie is.
1: It genuinely is. And he, here's the thing listen, do all the jokes land in a 2020 setting? No. No. Are there certainly problematic moments in that movie? Yes. Quite a fair share. Uh, But the things that land, land so hard and so fucking good. And it's funny, if you look at the reviews at the time, they were a little harsh going after the comedy, saying that not everything worked. And and I almost feel like it maybe needed to be sat with for a while, because I think a lot of the satire is so dead on and so sharp and so funny. And if you can watch that movie and not be like, kirsten dunst is a fucking star as she just steamrolls through that film i, I mean you you're deranged if you if you yeah. can't recognize that she's a brilliant she's pitch perfectly brilliant
0: yeah um denise richards also proving that she is not only just a model she is it, it given the perfect like package to fucking like deliver she delivers and she is perfect as this bible thumping gun toting mega bitch um <laughs> and it, it, it's it's the Kirstie Alley of it all it's i mean
1: it it goes on and on um i mean i also, I, I do have to say i don't think we'll ever see denise richards again <laughs> so stupid
0: Oh, i love that famous like model actress denise richards never see her again never see again i'm gonna like really quickly go through uh 99 other 99's other uh pageant movie because i didn't get to watch it but i really wish i could have um happy texas um which is steve zahn and someone else i don't know um <laughs> Like, truly, I, I saw the trailer and I was like, fuck, I, sh- I, I should have made time for this. But it's, it's a
1: fun movie, but I didn't revisit it for this. Um, I, I, I remember liking it, but I, I don't remember loving it. And so, I, I mean, honestly, we can just leave it there. But, but if you need to seek it out, people, I I do remember it being fun. It's a, it's a lot of fun. They're con men. Yeah. They're
0: con men who accidentally steal the, like, bus of these two gay pageant dads yeah. and to, they're on the run and they're hiding as these pageant dads.
1: And that movie, like, really was sort of around the height of the Sundance Film Festival, like when you you c- could buy a movie like that and be like, "This is gonna make money." So, like, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, Steve Zahn. Oh, he's um, great.
1: He's great. No, no offense
0: to Steve Zahn. No offense to Steve Zahn. Uh, Two thousand, the last innocent year. <laughs> of these of these united states um we get two more pageant movies uh, one very successful one not so much uh one starring mini driver one starring sandra bullock uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen please welcome to the stage it's miss congeniality and uh beautiful uh, do you gavin did, did you know the movie beautiful existed
1: Yes, I did because I actually watched it for a Sally Field episode because Sally Field directed, directed it. Yes. I knew
0: that. Oh my God. Yep. I can't. Wow. Wow. You saying that is like <laughs> PTSDing me while I started watching it. I was like, Sally? Yeah. Directing it's this?
1: No good. Which bums no me out no. because. I think Sally Field actually shows real potential in terms of directing. And she unfortunately has never directed anything since um, in terms of big screen movies. But that movie is just, it's a hard watch. And I I also love me some Mini Driver. But that character is basically irredeemable. And you're spending so much time with her.
0: Yeah, truly, it's like, what if I cared more about pageants than my daughter... And the whole point of the movie later is, I actually end up liking my daughter, but I get to win anyway because I like my <laughs> daughter. It's it's rough. It's rough. Is this your daughter? No. No. You can't be Miss Illinois and have a child. Well, she looks just like you. <laughs> no. No, well, she doesn't. Oh, of course. In addition to be a, being a rough movie, it just also was absolutely eclipsed by the... Giant supernova that is Sandra Bullock and Miss Like on my notes that I have right here, on my phone in front of me, all I wrote down was Sandra Bullock is a fucking star. <laughs> like we've talked about this before on the Sandra Bullock episode, you know, just to have that much charisma to pull off when she's fucking walking. I said this in the same episode when she's walking in that dress and then falls and then gets up I'm like she is stunning I like her I want to be her she's (laughs) funny everything like the hair it's I everything she's selling in that movie I am buying everything
1: and for me this experience has been one of the most rewarding and liberating experiences of my life my god I did it. And if anyone, anyone tries to hurt one of my new friends, I would take them out.
0: The movie is such a huge, enormous hit. Like, I think for a while, there hadn't been like a ton of news. I think Vanessa Williams. Had to give back her crown in the 80s. Yeah, uh, she she's get, maybe
1: one of the most famous things to to ever happen to pageants because they treated her so poorly. Uh, so be- poorly because she had some racy photos in her past. I do believe they are nudes, but um, they're nudes. But like you can't. they're they
0: literally were taken by like a professional photographer. Yeah, and like they were artsy. Like by today's standards, if someone saw that, they'd be like. So she posed like in a studio, like what, like uh, all that to say, I think Miss Congeniality really kind of like brought it back in the culture. Like the, the the classic, the traditional, you know um, it's in fucking Texas. Like I I, I think also a reason why this movie just slaps so hard is like all the music is just pitch perfect. Like ask me for a better walkout song than your one in a million. Doesn't exist, Mari. <laughs> it's it, true. Ain't, ain't, gonna, ain't gonna happen. Um, the costumes. It's all just so so good. Whipping through the millennium, we get Little Miss Sunshine in two thousand six, um, which we also talked about in our road trip movies. the The destination is the uh, the pageant. <laughs> um, it's very sweet, very funny, super drama. We live, left, love. Um, you also sent me a very chaotic movie, Gavin, from two thousand seven I... called Elvis and Annabelle. Yes, um, my God! <laughs> if I had never, if, I'd, if I had existed on this
1: earthly plane without ever knowing that this movie existed, I'd be a better human being. Um, yeah, that one's a hard one because it's not necessarily about pageants so much as it's about a beauty queen, but also the the chaos that her life has been. Uh, because of the pageants and she's given a second chance at life with a, uh, some magical realism and a, mm-hmm. a young mortician who kisses her back to life mm-hmm. and, and she's given a second chance to, to live out her non pageant life. And it's full of like bad magical realism. It's full of bad, like indie tropes from that era. And also, I mean, and maybe I'll get shit for this. Max Minghella, like maybe not a good actor. Max Max Minghella is very handsome, but he is a suspicious actor at
0: best. And he certainly cannot do a Southern accent. Yeah. Like Blake Lively was like, you know what? I'm not going to do an accent. And you know what? Good for her. Like you don't need to be in Texas and, and have an accent. Like it's fine. We exist. Um, I'm not even going to dare ask the question if Blake Lively is a good actress. That's just <laughs> a mystery that I cannot unravel. Not within this here podcast. Yeah, um, it would take too much time. These episodes are long right. enough as they are. Um, I did want to talk about 2009's Whippet, It, um, which is such a charming little movie that I hadn't revisited in such a long time. Um, my main takeaway from this movie is that if you love anything enough, it is a pageant. If you put enough energy, invest enough time in anything like that, is your pageant? Uh, and so, guess what? Roller derbies are pageants. Uh, <laughs> marching bands are pageants. You know, acting—it's all. Life is a pageant. You know, you and I—I I fucking, you know, Whippet is uh, the the only negative thing about Whippet is my god, the Jimmy Fallon of it all.
1: Yeah. Literally, I I could talk about Whippet for such a long time. Uh I have I have a friend who is actually involved with TXRD at the time that Whippet was being made. I, I genuinely love that movie. I wish we got more directed by Drew Barrymore films. Um, Correct. But yeah, but but Whippet is it's so funny because I was like looking through and I was like, oh yeah, Whippet is a mm-hmm. pageant Pageant film. movie.
0: Her mother, Marsha Gay Harden, she's like a classic you know, woman of the South outside of Austin wants Elliot Page's character to, you know, participate in Miss Blue Bonnet. Um, and it's important to her. Uh and and again, like kind of like similarly with a lot of movies that we'll watch, it's about having opportunities, not having to rely on other men. And so like these are like really great um arguments in favor of these contests. If if you can, you know, have the great speech, have the great answers to the question, like You will be catapulted out of this podunk town. Um, And, you know, for Elliot Page's character, it's not the pageant that's going to do that for their character. It's this new family, this new um, group of women who are supportive and diverse and just fucking cool. Um, It's about finding your own family. I'm sorry. That these pageants don't live up to your high moral standards, Bliss. But there's the love you can learn from them, no matter what you go on to be in life. You think you're being judged up there on that stage. But no one's asking you to be Miss America.
1: I want to be Miss America. And you're going to be the best one ever, sweetheart.
0: So that's 2009's Whip It. Uh, I have to really briefly talk about 2011's Miss Bala. (laughs) Yes. Only because... Only because it is literally based on a true story about a Mexican uh, pageant queen who, in real life, uh, they caught her smuggling, like, a shit ton of money, drugs, and guns uh, during a pageant. And, you know, I don't even know what the real story is, T.B.H., because I know the movie changed a lot of it, but... um they were like she was running drugs and she's like no i was kidnapped and they made me do this stuff and then also allegations of uh corruption within the actual system of this mexican pageant and they were like we don't know shit uh she had to she was dethroned spent time in jail um but i hear she's back and she's a model now
1: still oh good good for her yeah. Uh, it, w- it was selected as the Mexican entry for Best Foreign Language Film at the 84th Academy Awards, uh, but ended up not even making the final shortlist, which is a shame because it's a very, very good movie. I remember seeing it um, around the time I, ba- I used to work for Filmmaker Magazine, and I re- I really liked it. And then in um, 2019, they remade Please. it. <laughs> Please! Please! Oh. Uh, Ka- Catherine Hardwick, how dare you? Uh, remake oh. this movie. Um, did yeah. She, did she make it with her Twilight money? Yeah. I, I mean, she was probably trying to build more money off for Twilight money. Um, I mean, Gina Rodriguez was in it. Anthony Mackie. I didn't see it. Um, no. I I would suggest if you want to see that movie and a good version of that movie, 2011's so- Miss Bala is right there. Just watch the Mexican version, guys. Yeah. Spanish isn't that hard, guys. There's subtitles. Yeah, it's, Enjoy. It's fine. It's fine.
0: Um, moving right along, we get Dumplin' in 2018 based on the, uh, the book. Um, I thought it was fine. Yeah. Uh, the I YA novel. I remember when it came out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, we got a great Dolly song out of it. Great we did. Dolly we song. certainly uh, did. You know what's crazy? I remember watching it and being like, Ginger Minge is very good in this.
1: Yes. Everything
0: else <laughs> I could leave. There, there uh, was but it's one very...
1: queen... There's one queen that looks so much like Dolly that for a hot second I was like, oh, Dolly's actually nope, never mind. Nope,
0: nope, nope, nope. nope. Dolly said, I'll write you a song. How about that? Yeah. And then like that kind of gets us to today. I I watched today. I watched Miss Juneteenth and I watched Miss Behavior, both movies that came out last year. Uh yes. Miss Juneteenth is very lovely. Uh literally, as soon as it started, I recognized that part of Texas almost immediately. Um, it's about, you know, a, a former pageant winner trying to get her daughter to uh, participate as well. Um, specifically it's a black pageant, um, and it's, you know, and, and the, the hardships and struggles and the things that people go through to, uh, be involved in these things, Um uh, A very lovely movie.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I'd be remiss if we didn't mention Miss Juneteenth. Like you said, it came out last year. I believe it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, Nicole Bahari plays the the mother character in it. She's had a sort of rough go of Hollywood because she's unfortunately one of those black women that for some reason at some point in time was labeled, quote unquote, difficult. Um, We've mentioned that on the show before. That's a big red flag for Um, people of color because usually it's just a way of keeping them from getting work. So don't always believe everything you read. Let's just say that. Uh, But she's fantastic in this movie. She truly is. Um, I I really liked Miss Juneteenth. And um, so I'm glad, I'm glad you brought it up. As the winner of Miss Juneteenth, you will receive a full scholarship to any
0: historically black institution of your choice. Sonia has chosen Texas Southern University to attend in the
1: fall. We are so proud of you, Sonia.
0: (laughs) Misbehavior came out last year, kind of got swallowed up by the pandemic. Um, It's available to watch like on, where did I watch it? I think I paid $3 to watch it on Amazon or something. Which is a fictionalized version of the 1970 Miss World pageant with all the women's liberation movement. Uh, Kira Knightley stars. Misbehavior is a very basic movie, yes, um, but it is a very uh, good primer, I would say, on uh, the connection between like women's liberation and beauty pageants and their like how they cross paths. Yeah. Um,
1: the so, intersectionalism of them. I will say though, m- my complaint about the movie is is it's oftentimes it, because it's such a basic history. It's oftentimes a film in which there's very good performances, but also really wants to be one of those like feel good ensemble uh, uh, right. British films that it, I think it pulls a lot of its punches and on top of everything else, Greg Kinnear's Bob Hope is both awful and that yeah. makeup is horrific. Was like, that a nose? Scary. Did they put a yes. nose on him? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I was like, I know that's Greg Kinnear, but like it's Uncanny Valley Greg Kinnear.
1: Yeah, um, it's not and it's... great, Bob. No, no.
0: Um, okay, I purposely put documentaries in another bucket just because they are so fucking good and They're I want good. to make sure we give them because like when it comes to pageant world, they're like it's stranger than fiction. Like it, it's, it's, it's so good. So uh the first one that I watched was 2001's living dolls, which was a mini series on HBO. Is that correct? It, it, was, no, it,
1: doc- it, it was just a, it's just a full on documentary. Um, okay. Okay. I know it was broken up in parts. Uh, it's hard to find, but if anybody wants to seek it out on YouTube, it's all there.
0: Demost.
1: Yeah. It's, it's all broken up in parts. Um, I would say living dolls is a horror film. Yes, truly. Um, and I cannot believe how much these people were willing to let themselves be put on camera in this fashion. But that's the thing because they want, like, if you are a pageant gal,
0: if you're a pageant mom, you want, you, you will be put out there. I mean, it's the same thing. Like at at work, I ask I'm like, how, how did we get photographs of these people being so ridiculous? They're like, are you kidding? They gave them to us. They want to be like in the paper. Um, yeah. Living dolls is horrifying but also just so deeply i in inthro- i couldn't stop i was like carrying my computer around cuz i had to go do chores but i was like nope i'm going to keep watching and holding it and watching it's so so i googled the people afterwards i was like did you because
1: i was so like i was so curious but also i was terrified so i was like you know what why don't i why don't i let it be because genuinely and like even the littlest things would would get me like so clear that this mother is paying no attention to their son so he's yeah. acting out and like basically spending time in juvie while yes. she's like i gotta get my daughter ready for the pageant like i was yeah. like no <laughs>
0: I, what's bizarre to me is they have... So the this is a documentary that follows around, majority of the time, uh, this one family. Um, the girl's name is Swan. I think it's Swan Brunner. And her mother and, like, the aggressive lengths she's going. And this child is five years old. Um, and she is... She's an ex-military mom. She And she treats her daughter as such. Um, they also have, like stepkids involved um the mom has a boyfriend it's kind of like a hodgepodge family they it seems like a a pretty functional family i don't want to say it's dysfunctional because it's not like times are hard at home it's not that at all but it's literally this mom being like i have three jobs because i need to make sure and pay for the best of xyz um there are other kids though that like clearly are not getting the same attention that swan is getting Um, and it's just like buckle up because it is a wild, wild ride. Swan is going to be losing a tooth here real soon. It's really loose. And we're hoping that it doesn't fall out right before beauty. And I told Swan that if she can keep her tooth in... For beauty, that I'll give her more than the tooth very well. They meet up with like some gay dad Pat they don't they, they don't say they're gay, but they're gay babes, uh, who are professionals. They live in like this estate, palatial estate in Alabama that they have paid for by like charging sad straight moms like exorbitant amount of money to like help their kids out. It's it's an incredible documentary and the the things that little swan goes through uh is uh roof
1: stoof is what i'll say
0: yeah um fully highly recommend highly recommend googling it it's on like <laughs> evan said it's on youtube
1: i mean it's not it's certainly not for the faint of heart <laughs> no um
0: no. we also watched miss navajo
1: we did we did uh, miss navajo which is like an hour long and truly you know uh, watching these movies i was certainly getting the the bad impression. I was certainly getting the like, wow, pageants are really bad. And like, maybe we shouldn't have them. And, uh, and the thing I liked about Miss Navajo was it truly, it was a way of working within a system that, that is a a very, like, this is a, this is a thing we do that pushes our, our maintains our, our relationship with our culture as well as, not just being about beauty and not just being because it's rough that pageant. I mean, one of the categories is, and I kind of love the fact that previous Miss Navajos can add categories, but one of them (laughs) added a category where you have to slaughter a sheep because it's important to their people. And I do. One of my favorites is one of the interviews with the um, pageant Queens after her is like, yeah, I think we should get rid of that. I think,
0: I yeah, think, she's yeah. like, I don't know how appropriate that part is, but, <laughs> um, and like literally during it's I think it's like 2005 is the year that they're kind of, um, watching as it happens. One of the contestants has to drop out because of exhaustion, Exhaustion. Well, she's, sla- she's slaughtering the sheep. <laughs> um, I, re- I, I, to echo what you said, Gavin, I had a moment where, cause part of the, um, pageant is you have to know the Navajo language. Yes. And a lot of these millennial young women really struggle with the Navajo language. And the movie does a good job of talking about why that is. It does a good job of saying, you know, like they added that portion. And because they, a lot of the elder um, winners of Miss Navajo were like, listen, our language was beaten out of us. Yeah. It, you know? And so this is a way that we are keeping this alive. and, it reminded me a lot about. Uh, I remember in middle school, I joined our mariachi, um, which basically is pageant music for Mexicans. Um, and my mom like was crying, and I was like, "Why is she crying?" Like as I'm playing, you know, some fucking song, and it just like got to me. And she told me, "She's like, you know, this is our culture," and like, you know. I struggle with like Spanish language all the fucking time. And it just reminded me like so much of that. And these are, uh, you know, young women who truly are special. And there's like this one girl who's like, my father is an alcoholic and that is ravaging our community. And I want to show uh, the Navajo people that you can live life and stay away from drinking and, and do something good for the community and it's so like, this, uh, kind of to your point, like, it kind of brings in, like, this hopefulness of, like, this isn't just, you know, oh, these are, like, beautiful, uh, successful women. It's, like, these are women who are there to preserve something that could potentially be lost.
1: Absolutely. it's It's a really fascinating documentary. And I almost wish, like... So, I mean, I, not every documentary needs to be a series, but that's the one where I'm almost like, you know, if we could follow these girls every year, yeah. I'd, I'd be curious. Yeah, A lot of our people, our young little ones, especially tiny ones, little children, really look up to Miss Navajo. That's what I believe Miss Navajo radiates, is this beauty. It showcases every aspect of the young lady, from the point of spirituality,
0: to her family, all the way to what she's willing to teach to the entire population of, of Dene people.
1: On the opposite side of that, can I mention one that sort of was what was doing me in, which is the 2016 documentary To Be a Miss, which is a documentary mm. about pageants in Venezuela. Venezuela has the most pageants in the entire world, um, it that. has the most international winners in the entire world. But there is a cost when it comes to that. Um, 70% of, I I believe they said 70% of the female population of Venezuela uh, spends, you know, at least a third of their income on makeup. Um, Something great, some crazy number, and I don't have it exactly in front of me, but close to like 80 to 85% have had some sort of cosmetic surgery. There's a doctor in it who points out um, a lot of 14-year-old girls uh are willing to forgo their 15th birthday party to get some form of plastic surgery instead. And once again, wow. not being judgmental about plastic surgery, but I think the pressure to make young women grow up too quickly is a huge problem, is a patriarchy. And I, you know, at one point one of the doctors is like, every woman wants to be a queen. Every every woman dreams of being a princess or a queen. And it's like Yes, but when you win a pageant, you're signing up for a year of servitude. You're not mm-hmm. like being a queen is a power fantasy. It's not about having to show up at every fucking grocery store opening and having to, show, right. you know, and so I don't know. I think I think to be a miss is a really really fascinating. It's on Amazon. You can rent it for like 5 bucks. Um and it's a really really fascinating look into this culture that is that is driven by you know essentially being able to look as best as you possibly can that's i um it's it's really really fascinating and i mean i obviously these filmmakers had a point of view and they're making a point about Ven- Venezuela but they're also making a point about the the broader culture of pageants in general right
0: it becomes something that that really has taken venezuelan pride yeah, and Venezuelan nationalism and really turned it into a way of making money. The last two documentaries that I watched, obviously, we've talked about pageant before. This is 2008, um, talking about uh, one of the most elite drag pageants in the United States. Um, they, one of the people they follow is Miss Porkchop, Porkchop Parker. Um, we talk about this a lot in our Drag on Film episode. You can go check that out. It's lovely. I, I've seen it like three times now. I, I love it too much. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's um, got some great quotable lines. Yeah, absolutely. And then also 2013's Miss You Can Do It, which is also an HBO documentary about um, differently abled um, pageant queens. Um, and it's also like youngsters. So like in the realm of living dolls, but um, make it for, you know, uh, kids in wheelchairs, with crutches stuff like that just like super heartwarming and like all the good things of like uh love adoration um uh, feeling beautiful uh but truly feeling more accessible um to a wider uh and, and and not just like the tiny little able-bodied humans that get to do that um did you see any other other documentaries gavin that you want to talk about
1: I do want to just give one more shout out to another queer documentary, which is the uh, Queens from two, uh, from 2018. um, And it chronicles the Miss continental pageant, um, which is um, traditionally for transgender women, but also does allow drag Queens. And weirdly enough, has a very hard and fast rule about you not having um, had gender confirming surgery uh, because the the guy that created the pageant essentially says like if you've if you've gone that far it's not about illusion anymore it's a very strange rule it's their rule i didn't make it up but it's worth watching that movie um and, and it's really fascinating the, the editing is really bad especially coming from an editor like there's a lot of <laughs> like like cross zooms and a lot of like ray zooms and i was like okay what did this come out was this uh, 2018 2018 um and uh but yeah it's 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 cool and interesting and and worth watching and there's a lot of really really amazing queens you know that, that talk about you know all the stuff that they have to go through to get in this pageant the way that they eat um sunny Delight Mimi marks Sherry Payne the legendary Alexis Gabrielle sherrington so I I would definitely highly recommend watching this oh and of course drag race superstar Nasha Lopez so how could you forget Na yeah Nasha apparently said she's going to be uh participating in Mr Continental this year so. She wants to be the first queen to win both. So, Casual. There's a red bag that is missing. So if anybody sees or somebody accidentally picked it up and thought it got kicked under a table, just do a look. Some stuff has come up missing and, you know, some girls get a little shady and whatnot. People steal stuff a lot. Jewelry... Silly stuff like that, yeah, to try to get you. Gowns can
0: disappear, um, talent costumes can disappear, dancers walking out. It's
1: sabotage. One year it happened to me, but I had professional dancers. My props were off stage and I had several fans and the dancers could locate the fans and they didn't make it back on time. Maybe that's why I lost, because I had to change my swimsuit because somebody stole the swimsuit.
0: So I think that kind of like covers You know, I'm sure there are plenty of other pageant movies out there, certainly ones uh, that are not as um, Western-centric as well. Like I mentioned, there are pageants worldwide. And I I, I certainly like, especially like I'm thinking like Bollywood films, like pageants and stuff in India. uh, That's out there, gals. Uh, What I love about these movies, though, is just like, it's such a fun and interesting topic to go in and out of like one movie i'm like oh my god pageants are the devil like what the fuck is going on and then the next i'm like oh my god she did it she won and she is the best okay she's gonna get out she's gonna live her dreams (laughs) um and i love that that's called being a verse queen
1: (laughs) there truly Uh, is a pageant film for everyone
0: (laughs) yes uh okay so gavin why don't we get into our picks what do you think? One star reviews first or five
1: star reviews? Let's start with our one star reviews because it's it's gonna get bonkers. So I picked a film that was not even mentioned because it is so out there, so wacky, so kooky booky, as Louis would say. Oh my God.
0: If you. <sighs> Go ahead. Go okay. Ahead.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared. <sighs> I have to talk to you about... And I I will preface this by saying, I hate picking a movie that I know nobody else is going to go see. Um, but um, if I have to know about it, you have to know about it. So I'm going to pick the 2004 American parody, quote, anarchic comedy, Miss Castaway and the Island Girls. You sent this to me. I did.
0: And I was going through the little list of things to watch... I click on this, thinking, ah, oh, delightful. I'm going to finish all the movies Gavin sent me. <laughs> I gave this movie about 15 seconds before I said, absolutely not. Yeah. No, 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 no. I got to maybe Jurassic Pork and said, <laughs> I'm out of here, babe.
1: I, um, I'm not saying that I deserve sainthood, but I'm saying it would be welcome. Um, you deserve
0: to be put in the ground sir okay <laughs> after that film
1: uh it is a film that's purportedly in the style of scary movies, um <sighs> but it is a parody film about a plane full of beauty queens who get stuck on an island um it stars um eric roberts as captain maximus powers and charlie schlatter who we've actually spoken about before because he was Ferris Bueller and the Ferris Bueller TV show
0: Oh wow. So he's yeah. really making moves, doing things.
1: Yeah, it is possibly one of the worst things I've ever seen. It was basically like watching a hate crime happen in front yes. of me. I mm-hmm. I hated everything so much. Uh director Brian Michael Stoller should never be allowed to make another movie ever again. Uh, as, as I've said before, um, I don't think it's a critic's job to tell you whether you should see a movie or sh- you should not. Don't see this movie. Don't, I, unless, I, I don't know. I don't know why you would. Um, I think you have to be high to watch this movie. And, like, not I, in a fun I, way. Not in a fun way. It has to be a bad trip. And yes. And I will say the Watching one, this
0: movie is, like, a bad trip.
1: <laughs> I, it's, it's bad graphics. It's clearly made for $2. But I will say, um the thing that this film is famous for is that it was Michael Jackson's final film. Uh, he appears in the form of a hologram in the film. They had to shoot all of his scenes actually at Neverland ranch. And he's a hologram. Who's assigned by the Vatican to stop the second coming of Noah's Ark. Cause it will flood the earth. Um, I Don't know if it's a good choice to have michael jackson associated with the vatican no probably not i will let you guys read between the lines on that one but yeah it's a disaster of a film and i wish it nothing but horrible horrible death good evening agent mike
0: (laughs) the ark will sell for 40 days and 40 nights you
1: must stop it but why it's our only way off the island
0: have to stop
1: it, Mike. I hope to never have to talk about it again. So, Louis, what was your one-star review?
0: If we ever had to do, like, the one one one-star review there ever was, like, that is it.
1: Yeah, that would take the cake. Uh,
0: The movie starts with the director's mom. Yes. Talking about his previous film. Yeah. It just makes me so mad because... This guy had 50 cents and he decided, I'm going to like suck
1: my own dick. You know? Yeah. Like, th- he could have spent it on anything. <sighs> you know, no one has cured cancer yet. I'm just saying. I know. Hello? So- Make a donation, babe.
0: <laughs> uh, okay. I am just going to put this film out of its misery, though not as bad as Miss Castaway and whatever the fuck. <laughs> um, I'm picking 2007's uh, Elvis and Annabelle. Um, and for many reasons but i thought that this movie was going to go somewhere at least attempting to be dark attempting to like be like i thought this movie stars blake lively and max mangella um they max is this young mortician blake is a beauty queen she does a lot of like looking in the mirror at her stomach (laughs) that's how you know she's a beauty queen right and um Unfortunately, Mary Steenburgen, who I live left love in a pageant movie, is her mother here. This moment right here. This can change your life. Do you get that? We're talking lunches with the governor and scholarships and (laughs) modeling contracts, the works. I mean, true freedom. That means never having to count on some jackass of a man like Like your stepfather for your happiness. That's what it means. But only if, and I mean only if you truly believe you can win. And she's very like, you gotta be Miss Texas Rose. I think that's the contest. um, They're competing in Miss Texas Rose. And, but she, she has a stepdaughter or a stepfather. She has a stepfather who is kind of like ooky spooky. Like I'm like getting bad vibes and she's, like, always looking at her stomach. There's a whole bit where, like, she's bloated and can't fit into her dress. She's puking before the pageant. I'm like, oh, no. This is about Blake Lively, beauty girl who, like, was raped by her stepdad and now is pregnant. That's what I thought this movie was going to be. Which is already, like, not a great thing. Like, I I don't know how to make that movie into, like, a fun, good movie. Like, that's just already bad. But instead, the movie is... No, she's bloated and sick because she's anorexic and has a heart attack or whatever on the stage. She wins the contest and then immediately dies. It's because she's anorexic and the stress and whatever gives her a heart attack or a stroke or some shit and dies on stage. That is within the first, if I'm being generous, half hour of the movie. And I thought, well, there's no way she's dead because... Her name's on the poster. Like, what the fuck are they going to do? We'll have this movie in flashback. (laughs) But as Gavin said before, they take her to the mortician and Max Minghella is doing all the work because his dad had an accident, I guess, and has turned into The Hunchback of Notre Dame. It's very bizarre. It's just a psychotic movie. I don't... There's something here about love, I guess. There's something here about, like... The power of kissing a dead woman. I don't know. I don't know. Um, But but she's very like, when her parents find out she has returned to the living universe, they're like, okay, she's Miss Rose again. And she's like, no, mom, I can't. The flashing lights are too crazy. I just want to be a normal girl serving this man. I don't know. She feels a connection because he's brought her to life. It 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 it's not as kooky booky as Michael Jackson and the Pope, um, but <laughs> gets uh, close. It's it's close. You know what? I I literally texted you Gavin. I was like, "This man is about to kiss kiss this girl," and I'm screaming at my my computer. No, don't kiss <laughs> the girl. There's like a controversy. Like they, people think now he's fucking dead people and he's like no i just kissed this one girl this one time and it's like that's not i mean it's better but like still not great bud shouldn't be kissing the bodies that come in like i'm sorry <laughs> that you saw blake lively on a fucking cadaver table like you let her be okay don't kiss the dead bodies <sighs> enough about that gavin i'm sorry i went i went i went off the rails there i i realized that <laughs> judges i realized i went off rails there over my one minute uh, time allotment please forgive
1: me <laughs> I I'm very impressed by your rant I I don't know so I I can't really follow it up with much more other than that movie is bad bad um, were there
0: other movies that you also thought were bad
1: oh well I mean the aforementioned carry-on girls is really really not much of anything. I think Dumplin'
0: tries very hard to do something and uh, ultimately misses the mark for me. Yeah, I didn't rewatch it, but I remember watching it and being like, huh. That, that, that.
1: Yeah, I, I, I kind of feel the same way. And then also no contest because, as I said oh, before, yeah. it's very much um, just it's just an action movie that they've draped a pageant over and it's a so sexist anyways that it, it it can't control itself.
0: It really is They, I mean every other scene I'm like they just thought what if we start blowing
1: up the beauty queens? Just blow them all up It's like okay <laughs> uh, But let's get out of our one star reviews Why don't we get into our five star reviews and start crowning some beauties
0: gavin who has won your miscongeniality?
1: congeniality i mean I, I actually do think there are many good choices and i don't think there are a lot of wrong choices here because i think when a pageant film is good you know it's good and you're willing to give it your 10 points but yes. i will say my favorite the one i had the most fun with and and the best time is 1975 smile as i mentioned before good choice. Oh, my well, thank you. As I mentioned before, it's really sort of a a lost gem. I I don't I don't think people think about this film um but as I but I I think it really deserves its place in this sort of like Americana canon from the 70s Hollywood. These Absolutely. sort of Th- these films that didn't, that sort of defied genre and defied story structure, and were doing their own thing. I also think this film genuinely, actually has a lot to say about pageants. One of my favorite scenes in it is two of the characters talking about scholarships. Their parents made them beautiful, not them. Yeah, but I oh. got. Okay. Okay. Boys, boys get money in scholarships for making a lot of touchdowns, right? Yeah. Why shouldn't a girl get one for being cute and charming?
0: Yeah. but maybe boys shouldn't be getting money for making touchdowns.
1: <laughs> and it's <That>? like, yes, <laughs> correct. Um, What do you mean? So, um, and I I think there's a lot going on here. As we talked about it before, you know, there's uh, the man running the pageant. He's the head judge, Bob Freeland, Big Bob Freelander. And he's Mm -hmm. a used car dealership. Uh, There's Brenda DiCarlo, who's the pageant executive director, and her husband, Andy, who is an alcoholic and also a total jerk. Um, I, there's the contestants, um, and there's Big Bob Freelander's son, Little Bob, and, and it's all these characters and sort of how they interact over the week, building up to the pageants through the rehearsals, through the you know working with the producers, Tommy French, this choreographer who's brought in from hollywood who's incredibly blunt um there's great moments where they've the girls have practiced this one way and then they decide that they're running out of budget so they remove a ramp and it causes one of the pageant contestants to injure herself by falling off the stage it's it's a lot of these fun disparate moments but really paint you a broader picture of what this a small town pageant and what it means to these people and what it, it both the participants and the people surrounding it you know big Bob Freelander has made his life this pageant without even realizing right. it he let right. it take over everything he does it, it's a fascinating watch it's really really funny it's really surprising I do not want to give away the ending but I will say this um, Michael Ritchie did not tell his director of photography, uh, Conrad L. Hall, who the winner was. So at the end of the movie, when they announce the winner, once again, not telling you who the winner is, the camera has to like jerk around and search for her, like at a real beauty pageant because conrad didn't know, it's it's really fantastic and i i think it really captures that feel and everything that you really want from a beauty pageant film i will i will say some reservations about some of the jokes but i think that that comes with the time period and and uh, you know i if i directed it i would have cut them out but that's that's me not him
0: yeah i i i too will honor um gavin's choice and not spoil the ending but i love it so much it's a very good ending i I just love you know that's pageants babe (laughs) truly um very good choice gavin uh my five-star review has to has to well it doesn't have to but i i I had this internal struggle this internal debate so hard like what am i going to choose um because i thought i was going to go into this being like no contest, you know, crown it. Uh, but after much thought, the jury deliberations are up. Uh, the tabulations are in. Uh, and I'm going to go with 1999's Drop Dead Gorgeous. I was, you uh, know, I was genuinely hoping you would. Uh, and it edges out Miss Congeniality because of this Miss Congeniality is very good. Sandra is amazing. It's an iconic, unclockable film. But. Drop Dead Gorgeous, to me, encapsulates, one, Para Mi, so much uh, more, uh, it has its arms around pageants, I think, better, and gives more space for way more iconic actresses and moments. You have... Amy Adams being very slutty and amazing. You have <laughs> uh, obviously Kristen Dunst playing kind of like the straight person who like has the dreams to get out of town. You have Denise Richards being the bitch. You have Kirstie Alley being the bitch's mom. You have, um, Whom who am I missing? Um, Brittany Murphy, who is like the giggly girl who's got the gay brother in New York. Allison Janney, who is like, Uh, the sex pot older woman who always has a cigarette on her mouth. It's just.
1: and Janney, who makes every line that she says feel like improv. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, and and so this is like, if you haven't seen and, and it is a little bit hard to find, but it's out there.
1: Yeah. I think it was, I think, I think it was finally put on Hulu not too long ago. Um, is it it's still not there? Anymore. It's not there anymore. No longer on Hulu on Forch. Um, well, thank God I'm currently in my childhood bedroom and I happen to have a copy right here. <laughs> wow. Wow. Look at that poster. So good. It's a
0: mockumentary film about a small town beauty pageant. The Sarah Rose Cosmetics Mount Rose American Teen Princess pageant. Um, and Amber Atkins, played by Kristen Dunst, she really wants to win. She wants to be Diane Sawyer one day. Um she tap dances. Uh, it's just so silly and fun. And but literally, it's kind of taking this. I mean, and again, this is three years post uh, John Binet Ramsey. And like uh, Crowned and Dangerous, we're getting a lot of things where it's like when queens are willing to do anything, even kill for the win. <laughs> and just making this such a dark, um, funny, just like sharp uh critique of that entire system and basically kirstie alley and um denise richards offing one by one the competition making sure doing whatever it takes to have denise richards win the costumes in this are so ridiculous and so fun when they're doing their like little i want to be the miss sarah rose uh american team princess because when you can take an ugly mountain and put a bunch of faces on it, that's America.
1: Faces of great Americans who did so much to make our country super great. Well, that makes me Rebecca Lehman. Proud to be an American. I'm Lisa Swenson, and I am proud to be an American because living in a country where Lady Liberty always keeps her flame burning bright. She always keeps her flame... Burning bright <laughs> it makes me proud to be an American.
0: Yes, Every, like the patriotism is so stupid, is so next level.
1: Denise Richards' entire talent is truly yes. something to behold.
0: Yes, you you will, you will never
1: hear can't take my eyes off of you the same way. It's Jesus.
0: It's Jesus. <laughs> um, and I I just love you know the idea that. Amber Atkins who is Christian Dunst she is the most talented she is the one who deserves it all she literally gets nothing in the film because she deserves it yeah she only gets what she deserves through these crazy random awful accidents you know yeah uh and it's just
1: non-stop laughter non-stop like it's it's and i'll i'll even and i'll say this there are certainly problematic jokes in this movie but but once again they they when it hits it really hits i was reading actually will sasso's character who should be fully removed from the film but will sasso's character was added because early test screenings decided there were not enough um male characters for the audience to identify with (laughs) but i do like the idea that they were like well i guess this is what we'll give you Yeah, they're like, okay, what do men like? What are some easy, easy laughs? (laughs)
0: Like, um, the director is Michael Patrick Jan, who this is the only movie he's ever made. He was a um, stand-up. People might know him from MTV's The State, which was like sketch comedy stuff. Uh, He's directed a bunch of Reno 911, um, written and directed some episodes of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Community, um, Children's Hospital, So that's the vibe in general, just like really smart, but also very stupid uh, comedy. And it's just like, God, get me a margarita and (laughs) pop that bad boy on. And that's a good time. Okay. That's, That's a night of just iconic actresses just fucking slaying for an hour and a half. It's so, so good.
1: That is an excellent, excellent pick, and I'm very happy you picked it. So, so great work there. Thank you. Is there anything else that you saw that you particularly loved?
0: Living Dolls is something that people should watch. It is, it's a horror movie, but it's so interesting and so insane. Like I said, I googled...
1: Has to be seen to be be believed. yeah,
0: Yeah, I googled afterwards just to be like, what happened? Um... It's not the most great things. I didn't find a lot. And I will say, you know, th- these are normal human beings who deserve privacy and all that. All that to say, Living Dolls is just such an... Int- I mean, there is, you know, politics about money, politics about sex, politics about queer identity. It's, it's not... I mean... Yeah. There's so much there. There's so much there.
1: I, I would say even though we both picked comedies, I would say the, the things that are most worthwhile. And once again, you know, Miss Bala, Miss Juneteenth, great, great films, totally worth your time. Um, Beauty Jungle, I would even say is worth your time, but I would say the things that are the best, the top tier, are the documentaries, like The Queen, yeah. the Queen's Pageant to be a miss, Miss Navajo. They are so great and eye opening and informative. They all have beautiful narrative structures and and really Really worth digging into and and getting sort of this. If you have any interest in pageants at all, it's cool to see sort of every facet of them and how they're a lot, they're very the same, but very different. Yep. Yep. Before we move into our fast forward, why don't we do our mixed reviews? Reviews.
0: My one star review was 2007's Elvis and Annabelle,
1: (laughs) and my one star review was 2004's Miss Castaway and the Island Girls. I still cannot believe that's that will go down in fucking history, Gavin. Yeah, I did it.
0: <laughs> my five star review goes to
1: 1999's Dropped It Gorgeous. And my five star review goes to 1975's Smile. You know, they, um, in 1986, uh, Marvin Hamlish and Howard Ashman tried to make a musical out of Smile. And, yes. And it's a very famous disaster. That's actually how I found out about the movie. I did, I had not heard of it before the Howard Ashman documentary. So
0: that. It's crazy. I did not make the connection, but I did know that they tried to make a music called Smile.
1: That's how he got Ariel from The Little Mermaid is she was she was a cast member, Jody. um, Sure, Jody. I'll remember. Jody. Good old Jody. Good good old Jody. Let's get into our fast forward.
0: Well, Gavin, what is there to even say about the future of beauty pageants and uh, film adaptations of beauty pageants?
1: As much as there's a part of society that really wants them to go away, I, I think that they will always exist in some way, shape or form, whether they end up all becoming scholarship pageants or not. But uh, I think they will kind of always be with us. I think it's more going to be about the evolution of what they look like and what they're about, because the fact that we've already had so many pageants that have banned the swimsuit portion and and made it less about you know just oogling bodies uh, you know I, th- I think it's gonna be interesting to see it change and evolve and obviously like if the earth doesn't burn first it'll it'll be correct to, you know see what what they become
0: i think you know obviously we're going towards a at least in the film world you know thinking about movies like dumpling thinking about movies like um, Little Miss, you can do it like trying to find, and especially now that drag is such a big part of the culture. Um, it's taking these pageants and looking at them through like these different lenses. And, you know, if we're going to be celebrating bodies, celebrating women, celebrating talent and achievements, like being able to celebrate everyone, there's a moment in dropped it gorgeous where, you know, she doesn't win. At first. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And she's very sad, but she's also like, I'm just so excited that I got to compete because there was a moment when she wasn't going to be able to. And I think for so many people, it's that's, that's the key for a lot of people in a lot of places, even having the access to compete is not a reality. Um, So have to be able to present yourself And your best self, um, whatever that is, is such a, is liberating. It is, you know, a way to say, I am here, I'm proud, I'm confident. And to be celebrated for that, even if you don't win, like that's part of the victory. I think there's a part of um, misbehavior where uh, the woman who wins, Miss Granada, she's the first Black Miss World. She crosses paths with Kira Knightley, who is like in charge of, the Women's Liberation Front who want to see the pageant go away. And Miss Granada says, There will be little girls watching tonight who'd see themselves differently because I won.
1: Who might just start to believe
0: that you don't have to be white to have a place in the world.
1: I'm glad I, I really hope that the world opens up for them and for you.
0: But making us compete with each other over the way we look, doesn't that make the world narrower for all of us in the end? What's your name? Sally. Well, Sally. All I can say is, I look forward to having your choices in life. That's the eternal tension. And I think that tension will continue like for always um, because for a lot of people who do not have access, like it's like what a privileged place to come from and be like, no, burn it all down. Um, And it's like, okay, yeah, but we don't even, we're not even at that place where you are yet. So there's no equity there. And so it's easier for you to say, burn it all down white woman, because you already have it all. Um, Yeah. And that's kind of why like, i i think i'm firmly pro pageants i love the idea of one loving yourself enough to like work hard um, show off your talents like be that bitch i love that and and i think uh, and miss navajo was one of the movies that really showed me like and even even for as horrifying as living dolls is those kids, like, they love each other. Like, they're playing together. Like, and Miss Navajo, they're all, like, these girls who have pretty similar experiences. When they're shearing those sheep, they're shearing them together, you know, and they're lifting up the community together. And so I don't want to be naive and say that, like, that's the reality of pageants. I'm sure that there are pageants out there that are fucking awful and exploitative. And, you know, I'm sure that (laughs) not every gal is like sisters. Yes. (laughs) Um, But like, I don't know. I think I want to believe a majority of the people who are participating in pageants like this um, really are just, you know, wanting to better themselves, wanting to better their communities because like, it's also hard, like it's weird sometimes to remember oh, that, that person is a sophomore at, like, Ole Miss or whatever it is. Like, you know, like, what the fuck was I doing, you know? Uh, it, it takes a lot of work and, and a lot of money and sacrifice to do that. And uh, I it, it's that eternal struggle of, like, God, if we were just, like, not a fucking patriarchy, women could just fucking be in pageants and we could judge and be like, you all look stunning tonight, but this bitch fucking slayed and we're giving her the crown. Like, and that, which is kind of, like, the whole idea at least for me when i think of like drag pageants it's like we're they're doing themselves up they're investing in the talent they're able to recognize in one another's talent um and don't have to rely on like being nasty rigamorous tricks um
1: but you know a little glass and somewhat set in powder never hurt
0: (laughs) oh oh oh, it hurts son it hurts (laughs) when i think of the future like there are documentaries about Miss Continental but I I need the like someone get me the script where's Bowen yeah. writing like the script of you know the drag queen like Miss Continental whatever it needs to fucking be like cast Candace Kane like whoever whoever it needs to be like get the get, get the dolls together um because we're we are living in this new pageant moment where pageants are about drag pageants now yeah. are all about being queer and it's like So queer in the sense of like, you know, trans women, biological women, and literally everyone in in between just going on stage and like stunting showing off like we are we are inundated with drag culture now, which is all like it's based on pageants, like it's literally just pageantry, Um, (laughs) which is so fun. And, you know, everyone does like playing dress up no matter what it looks like. Um, and so, uh, I think we are ripe for a great new pageant movie, um, that is just like campy, modern, and can take the piss out like the best pageant movies do.
1: Absolutely. Beautifully stated, Louis. Thank you. I I think you've won this question and answer round. I knew I would. Well, we'll see how your score matches up at the end. (laughs) The scores out. The judges are drunk. It's rigged. (laughs) That's why none of the true beauties showed up tonight. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that wraps up pageant films. I think they're fascinating. It's so funny because most of them aren't even necessarily truly about the competition. But it's always exciting to see who wins. Yes. Yes. And uh, and who loses? And who loses? Uh, And so I I think there will always be part of us that's always like. We, we will always in some way shape or form want to rank and uh, yes
0: i spe- like literally when you think of like miss america miss universe like no one really cares about that stuff anymore like they're so yeah, like
1: that's true the last time people cared is when steve harvey read the wrong name
0: i know it's, it's like it's not like giving the a sensation of watching drag race of watching you know even even literally going on YouTube and watching the videos from Miss Continental, stuff like that. like I mean,
1: I mean, what is the Bachelor, if not a pageant that ends yes. in a wedding? you know, truly, yeah, but I digress. I think that wraps up pageants in a nice little bow for us. And so why don't I just tell you where you can find us? And if you want to write to us, you can tell us, you know maybe you have a history with pageants maybe you have a story about pageants we'd love to hear it we'd love to yes. talk about it uh, tell, us well, you...
0: all, tell us all the titles you guys want okay what are the titles <laughs> the junior miss
1: pageants <laughs> absolutely um if you want to find us you can find us on twitter at at the mixed reviews we on facebook just type in the mixed reviews you can email us at reviewsmixed at gmail.com we also on Instagram at the underscore mixed underscore reviews. And if you want to listen to this episode or many, many other episodes in our back catalog, like I said, we're almost at a hundred. You can find us on any major podcast app. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Audible, Amazon. And if you do listen to us on Apple podcasts, please stop by, leave us a five-star rating and a nice little review. And if you do, we'll read it on the show
0: yeah why don't you just go over there vote for us fan favorite
1: uh
0: <laughs> crown it uh fan demanded uh and we appreciate y'all <laughs> see gavin that's how you do a southern accent
1: oh that was southern Oh, <laughs> <All right. laughs> <laughs> thank you everybody for listening to us we will be back with another subject in a couple weeks i'll tell you what's going south gavin this
0: podcast is going south real quick okay (laughs) with this attitude (laughs) bye everyone thanks for listening (laughs) Bye. bye